Would you guys be up for singing a song to finish this off? Only if you guys sing it with us. Are we doing uh, Jake and Jonathan or Product Breakfast Club? I've been preparing for this all day. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan. Hi everyone, you're listening to Metacast, podcast about podcasting. My name is Eli Bezdilov, I'm the co-host, and with me on the call is Arnab. Hello, I'm your co-host from Vancouver, where it's unusually sunny and kind of cold. Yeah, I'm based out of sunny Florida, and I'm sitting in my closet, and I turned off AC, because uh, otherwise it would make noises, and as I explained in my first episode, you know, we will get all that noise in the recording. All right, um, <laughs> and today we have very special guests, Jake and Jonathan. I really would like to introduce your podcast in my own words, and then, you know, hear if you agree with that, and then kind of <laughs> hear, hear what you would say. How would you introduce your own show? So here's this podcast. Oh. No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, is this good? Oh, no, no, you go. <laughs> no, you go, you go. I thought you were, I thought we were supposed to go first. <laughs> you go first. That's good. I'm this not is, ready. So this is off first. to such a typical start of your podcast. I love it. <laughs> okay. So here's this show that I discovered maybe three or four years ago. It's like two guys with background in product design talk for about an hour, hour and a half on average about product design and service design. They talk about very interesting Kind of conceptual questions like the power of moments or specific examples like toilets in the middle of hotel rooms in Berlin and stuff like that with very, very long detours about all sorts of different topics like why Gandalf gets all the credit in Lord of the Rings for like 20 minutes and stuff like that. And what I really enjoyed about the show is it's just so light, so easy to listen to uh, because you get very dense topics. And at the same time, it's just so funny. I laugh a lot. Like, I laugh with you guys, like, when I listen to you. I really like taking you on a drive with me. So, yeah, I'm really happy to have you here. Do you agree with my description? Or is there anything that uh, I can, I don't get about the show? <laughs> Hi, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the show is uh, was sort of... I just, I think it's just me and John talking really more than anything. It's just like, it's just a conversation between the two of us about, you know, like just hit the record button and John would usually have like a topic or two. You ever read a news story or two? And then, I don't know, we would just like talk and kind of laugh about it. And uh, yeah, we would, we'd try to advertise stuff if we had stuff to advertise. I, I think like, I'm trying to think back to when we began doing the podcast you know the first the first sort of seed of it and you were like look let's just try this i've got it all set up john was visiting me i had an example podcast that i liked uh called the giant bomb cast which i wanted to like emulate (laughs) that was like my pitch although actually interestingly enough you didn't really like that style initially because it, it probably wasn't the best pitch because it's like, yeah, here's a three-hour <laughs> show about nothing <laughs> that I like. <laughs> yeah, I was always trying to get structure into it. And then John was like, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you wanted segments. <laughs> yeah, I wanted segments. <laughs> I think you wanted structure. 
but neither of us wanted to do any prep work. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was the person who did marginally more prep work could control the <laughs> this show. And one bullet point that I would find once every few weeks was more prep work. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, how did you guys meet? Yeah, can you tell a brief, brief story about how you guys met and uh, what, I guess, led to that relationship between you? Because you guys have amazing chemistry. And how did it all lead to the podcast? Yeah, I, I, I think I hunted Jake down. I was in a... So I read... I was, I was reading Jake's blog the the blog that you had before the book what was the blog called oh, we had a blog for, it was probably design the staff. there was a there was a design staff blog which was predated the google ventures blog and then and then yeah and then eventually the google ventures blog so at this <clears> time <throat> jake you were working at google ventures and jonathan what were you up to i was still running the same company i'm running today oh, AJ Smart. Uh, yeah. yeah exactly so i haven't done anything different You've done a lot of different stuff. You've same. done a lot. You turned it into an empire. Yeah, same name. Yeah. though. same name. <laughs> I have some questions later about the name itself. It's a very insulting name. <laughs> I can't. If I say it on, if I say it in recorded format, I will no longer be. I'll be deplatformed. <laughs> You'll be cancelled. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. I'll be still allowed to stay on Twitter. <laughs> if it still exists, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> you reached out to Jake. He was uh, working on... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, so I was really uh, amazed by this design sprint process that Jake was talking about. I was working actually at... I was doing a project for Udacity in um, somewhere in Silicon Valley. And uh, I was doing a talk. They, they wanted me to do a talk at their conference. And I used that opportunity to say to contact Jake and say, hey, I'm going to be in town to do a talk. Is there any chance you'd like to meet? Because I, I actually wanted to pitch him on this idea of doing like a training boot camp thingy in Berlin. Uh, and we that was the first time we met, which I think was in 2000s. It was just before the book. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. Now everybody is wondering, what is the book about? What is that book? Oh, the book was the um, his his version of, I think, Kama Sutra, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With... <laughs> <laughs> really horrible illustration <laughs> i just wanted him to show me how to do it and then he was like oh there's this design sprint thing yeah there's this design let's let's talk about that instead different so, positions uh, of doing product design yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, to i totally remember this vividly like i got this email because you know everybody gets kind of You know, a random email from somebody, but John, like even from the email, he just came across like really authentic, like seemed like an interesting guy who's going to be in town, just like, you know, a day or something. So I was like, yeah, great. Come on by and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat. Yeah, we chatted. I just feel like we, from my perspective, like we hit it off right away. And what John was suggesting was like really cool. Like, hey, do you, like I was actually just about to leave Google Ventures and he was like, you know, do you want to come to Berlin and do like, actually, yeah. I don't remember what the year this was. Yeah, but anyway, so he's like, you want to come to Berlin and do a workshop? 2017. Yeah, so it's just about, I was just about to leave. And, but I hadn't announced it yet. So I was like, cool. Yeah, like I didn't know what I was going to do exactly after I left. And that sounded fun. And here's this like pretty fun guy. That was the, I felt like we kind of clicked right away. And I was, I was definitely interested in hanging out. And then uh, what was the next thing? Would have been in Berlin, I guess. Yeah, I set up the bootcamp thingy. Like, which was basically an event which Jake would 
speak at or we 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 sort of did like a co-teaching thing at this event but jake was the main attraction and uh i think we had like 50 people from different companies you know there was people from ideo there that you called in there was a lego team was there it was really cool and yeah that was like the first businessy thing we did together i think that spawned a lot of different things where jake would call me in to help him with stuff i got the chance to work with the New York Times because of you and the other one, <laughs> the other newspaper. I would... <laughs> Wall Street Journal. <laughs> Wall Street Journal, yeah, because I didn't want to say, it's just the American newspaper names are not so in my head. Yeah, sure, sure, um, sure. It's not yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> I'm like the Berlin Times. Like the Berlin yeah, Daily. Exactly. Well, I was thinking the Washington Post is another one, right? That's like another one. And then, uh, yeah, so that, that just, let, then we did like this, like, World Tour, World Tour, aka the European Boot Camp Tour in the yeah. Nordic countries. Yeah, that's right. There was all that's this right. stuff. That was and fine. In, in between that, we started the podcast. So did, did you, Jake, you moved to Berlin or you were just touring around at that time? Yeah, I would just I would just would go and, you know, visit John, do a workshop or, you know, we did these other workshops. Yeah, it was just a just a traveling thing. So we got to hang out a bit on these on these trips and like yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of explains actually why in the very first episode of the podcast, there was a section with questions for Jake. It's because probably all those people, they learned about you during the, the boot camps. So they knew you. I mean, they were like Jonathan's audience who knew about you. So they were asking Jonathan questions for you in the first episode. Is that how it worked? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely our audience would always ask me questions to ask Jake for sure. Yeah. Okay. The first couple episodes... We tried to have some kind of structure, I think. We were sitting on the floor in your bedroom or, or yeah. somewhere in your house and with like recording things. And Michael was there, right? And yeah. We had, yeah. And we had, and we tried to play Mario Kart. I don't know if we actually published that one, but I don't know. That didn't work. It didn't work very well. Wait, you were trying to play Mario Kart while recording the podcast? Yeah. yeah and like narrate it, like narrate, the, narrate play it. Mario Kart. It, it was, a, that was, that didn't go well. Seemed like it would have been fun, but it, yeah. I have a question about the name. As I was listening to your first episode, actually, a couple of days ago, you had so many interesting names, like a secret weapon, 10X, uh, Innovation Club, and, and a bunch of others like that, right? But actually, Product Breakfast Club was never in that episode. Did you come up with the name after you recorded and like... Oh, yeah, we did six episodes first. That's right, we did a batch. Because yeah. that was the idea that we would do... Because of there's this blog, Tim Ferriss blog, which says you should launch your, the podcast with already four to six episodes ready to go. We didn't have the name and we decided to just start without a name. Oh, uh, okay. Good to know that that's, <laughs> that's exactly what we are doing. This is the third episode we're recording. <laughs> but you already have a name. We committed to it because we maybe saved in every oh, Maybe you episode. can change it today, boys. Yeah, you yeah. can change it. You know, there's a little risk and people will think it's related to meta. <laughs> But you could, you know, I, you thought, you, I thought you guys were working at Meta. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so, yeah, we will sell all, all your private information now after this, uh, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> this podcast. Tell so guys, what's your social security number? <laughs> so, I, I was too lazy to go through the entire catalog of uh, your episodes to find the one where you decided to rename Product Breakfast Club into Jake and Jonathan. How did that go? This is just the Jake. Literally, it was like me sending you a message. Yeah. Random, like it's always just done with a random message. I was like, "What do you think about changing it to?" I think I literally said, "What do you think about changing it to our names?" Yeah. And 
I also, when I want something, I put the other person's name first so that they're more like willing. So I was like, obviously, I won't ask him to call it Jonathan and Jake, <laughs> but I do think it's better because it's not about producty stuff anymore. It's just about toilets. So when uh, about when did you figure out that like you you want to rename it? And how did you start up with Breakfast in there first of all? I just liked the movie The Breakfast Club, and then yeah. I think we couldn't come up with a name, so <laughs> there was no great. I think, yeah, I remember it. you said breakfast. I remember somehow you mentioned the word breakfast. It sounded nice. Yeah, it was like secret weapon 10x uh, innovation breakfast club or something. You just got you guys were just like you know piling things on top of each other. Yeah, I mean that would have been better probably. Like probably breakfast club is not a good name. 10x breakfast. <laughs> 10x breakfast. <laughs> You guys can have that one for free. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> there was also Dog's Breakfast Club. Or something. I mean, I, I, I literally laughed with you guys oh, as I was one. driving. Uh, <laughs> Dog's Breakfast Club actually does sound like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, SEO matters, right? So people were searching, like if you search for product podcast, product breakfast club would come up. But like if you search for product podcast, uh, Jack and Jonathan probably wouldn't. So you renamed it after you already built some audience uh, for yourselves. Uh, do you think it would have worked the same way if you named it Jack and Jonathan right away? I don't think we were really thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's a there's a leading question to this. What was the, like, did you have a purpose in mind when you were starting off? Or was it like, let's just record our thoughts and have a chat and see where it goes? Uh, was there a purpose in mind? Sean, it was your idea. So did you, what were you thinking? I, I think like, so the the idea was for me that every time you and I talked, like on Zoom or whatever, I always felt like it gave me a lot of ideas for the business. I got a lot of excitement and it was just a nice experience and also we came up with ideas uh but we're both very bad at i think i would definitely consider myself to be not easy to schedule things with and i don't like to have stuff in my schedule and it's so so just doing things on the fly never really worked with me and jake and so for me the original thought was let's do this number one as a way for us to regularly chat with each other and number two it was actually originally a way to like have some like what is it called mind space around the design sprint topic so it was also a, a content marketing ploy and we just got up we just left that topic within like three episodes and didn't care anymore about that thing and yeah it, would, it was a great way to build like um like quite a engaged audience the, the most engaged audience of any of our different of any of my other platforms anyway Personally. I'll just have to add on that topic of being difficult to schedule. We sent you guys probably like 50 <laughs> different time slots across the three weeks and you just picked one. <laughs> like I can only do this time. <laughs> Everybody adjust. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate having stuff. I'm literally writing a blog post. now. I can't share my screen. I don't like having stuff in my calendar because it kind of feels like it ruins my day. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if anyone here. else feels like oh, this. Same exact, yeah. It yeah. ruins my whole day. Like this, this is nice to do. And I personally, just because Jake was into it, I was like, yeah, I'd love to chat to Jake again and have a reason for it. But it also ruined my day because I have like now with my daughter and like leaving the office and like 
it's really, I don't like, I like having this open, endless space where I can read and think and, and work on the business and do my own thing. But when there's something in the calendar where I have to be somewhere and do a specific thing, I almost don't get anything else done in the whole day. It's a weird thing about I'm my the exact brain. same way too. And this is probably what destroyed the podcast. Eventually. Yeah. It's like, we just like, <laughs> can't did. have a thing on this, on the schedule. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's like the whole, like, I know my energy, like the rest, like my window to work after this, it would be like, I don't want to make you guys feel bad, but like, it was just like, it'll be, be kind of fractured. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's tough. So yeah, that, like that experience of you, that you guys had the scheduling us, that's a very real slice into like <laughs> how, how we work and probably what like made the podcast dissolve. eventually. <laughs> I literally just bought the domain name, the unscheduled CEO and unscheduled CEO, because I'm currently testing out writing on Substack. And my entire topic is about running a business, but also having no schedule, because I literally have an empty calendar every single week. But I also know people who are running businesses even smaller than mine, who are just back to back all day long. But I've always had this open calendar where I can sit around all day reading and watching YouTube videos, which gives me like a weird superpower of just being able to jump onto these like hot topics before other people do. But yeah, I, I have a really difficult time. Jake, actually, one of the things that I've been doing recently, which is really helpful, was when someone contacts me and says, Hey, can we do you want to like, can we chat or whatever? I just say, can you text me on the day you want to meet me? And then I'll see if there's oh, some like slot. That's interesting. And that's actually been working really well. I was just about to ask you. Um, Text me, Jake. How, <laughs> how do you, like running a business, and you've been running it for like 12 years now, I think, right? AJ and Smart? Yeah, yeah. 12 years. Uh, will be 12 years in September. No, fuck. No, it's, I, I think it's 11 years. Right. Okay. Uh, off by one. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so running a business and you have like a lot of people on staff too. How do you manage to actually keep your calendar absolutely free while doing that? And I think that's, it sounds like that's what you're writing about in the Substack. It'll be really interesting, but maybe a glimpse into that because I also felt, and I think most of us, like anytime there's a scheduled day with like slots around, you are not getting anything else done that day. No. So... I do think it's important. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. I don't have a clean way of explaining it. The first thing I should make clear is that when you're just starting out, uh, you have, like, it depends where you are a little bit in the hierarchy. And for some people, you cannot just tell them, hey, text me on the day. Like when I wanted to meet Jake and I felt like that I would want to pitch him something, it's not like I would have been immediately from day one, oh yeah, Jake, just like... <laughs> You know, just like making it hard for Jake to meet me, even though I am the one who wants to meet him. So there's obviously, you have to be smart in terms of who, what, what you're trying to get. And, and you don't want to come across as a total like nightmare to work with. But in general, it is a mindset that you don't want to have uh, yourself scheduled the entire time and that you want to have. For me, the idea is that you need a lot of open space and a lot of unstructured time to be creative in my for, for the way that my brain works it's not okay to say oh this is my four hour slot to be creative i need 80 percent of the week to be unscheduled enough for me to get bored enough for my mind to actually start wandering enough for me to feel uncomfortably 
bored. And so then I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I, what am I doing here? And then I end up like, I don't know, watching like five hours of YouTube and going on Twitch and watching that and then going through Substack for an, and I went through, I went, I spent eight hours on Substack last Thursday, just reading other people's Substacks. And at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, there's a business model here that I never even realized that I can like plug into. And yeah, so the, to answer your question of how do you do it, there's a lot of steps. Number one is that you have to, you have to decide that you, you have to also believe that you can be that, that you can have a life that's relatively unscheduled, but also earn enough money to survive and run a business. The second thing is you also have to hire people who take the reactive type roles like managing. And you have to accept that if you give them these roles, then you relinquish power on a lot of things within your own company. And so for me, it means that something could go like we're having a Black Friday sale this week. And even though that team is going to do an amazing job, I know if I would look at every single ad that goes out, I would find problems with it uh, for myself. But I don't do that. So there is no, for example, that meeting, that kickoff for Black Friday meeting, I'm not in it. So, uh, because I'm relinquishing that control and uh, delegating essentially those tasks. So again, I know a lot of people who are running much bigger companies than me and much smaller companies than me who are involved in every single detail and super stressed all the time, but don't, their businesses are not maybe as profitable. And when they meet me and they send me a message and they're like, Hey, do you want to meet? And I'm like, yeah, I'm free all day. Just whenever you feel like it. And, and they're, they're like, do you ever do anything? And I explained to them, my, my job is literally, my job is not to be doing the reactive stuff that I can find other people who are good at doing these things. I am like the creative visionary person whose job is to just look out for the next five years for the business and see what we're going to be doing. And so I know that's not really practical, but essentially it comes down to hiring people uh, not doing client work. Client work, you'll always be on other, other people's schedules. So you want to look for work that isn't uh, requiring your specific time. Um, and yeah, just just avoid saying no to things that are like schedule related repeatedly. I want to ask a similar question to Jake. I actually read a blog post that you referenced when you left uh, Google Ventures. And you were talking about uh, your parents, how they moved to uh, one of the islands in Washington. And uh, you were talking about your dad and, and then you made the decision to, to leave Google. Actually, I cried after reading that blog post because I actually, I'm right now, I'm exactly the same age. I work for the same company. I used to live in Seattle for seven years. Uh, many of those things resonated just so well uh, with me. Uh, but what you just, you just said that, you know, that you don't want schedules. You, you want to be kind of, if, you know, free from schedules. How did you manage to survive for 10 years at Google? Because the corporations are just inherently schedule-driven. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and even now, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't work for a corporation. I would work for myself. And I still uh, have, I, I'm not as successful at this as Jonathan is. So, you know, the it's, it is a battle in our lives, you know, and I think that's sort of what that, part of what that that post was about she referred to and and by the way thanks for saying that uh, Ilya that's is, uh, means a lot to hear that I shared it with multiple people by the way and I sh now right now my eyes are watering because I think that just spoke to my heart so much so thank you for writing it well uh it's it's like this this sort of battle we have in life like to to try to you know figure out what what we're what we're sort of here for how we want to spend our limited time our time is very limited you know and and uh 
and it's it's kind of uh, sort of scary how, how fast it goes by. It's really important to question the norms of things, and you know, like like Jonathan, like I, I I am constantly trying to figure out how do I how do I do the things that matter to me, and at the same time, like question how you know question both like my priorities and what I think matters to me, but question the way what is the best way to do things. And, you know, I think there, there, and there are a lot of things too in, in life. Like I said, you know, like, oh, the, the fact that neither John nor I want to have anything on our calendar is what, do, what caused us to stop doing the podcast. And, you know, there's some truth to that. But, but I think that like, there's this, this bigger thing of like us having stuff happen in our lives. It was just like, we kind of had to deal with, you know, and, and like, in my life, the past two, three years had a lot of illness in my, um, my family. And so you're dealing with that. And like up until then, you know, and I look back at like, I think about the book Sprint or, or my book Make Time, which is about by Sprint by Make Time, which is all about like, you know, we'll add it in the like, show notes too. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. So we never mentioned that you're a New York Times bestselling actor. <laughs> <laughs> New York Times bestselling actor? No, author. Sorry. <laughs> author. <laughs> Jake is also New York Times bestselling actor. <laughs> Those are all about like optimizing how you spend your time and questioning how you spend your time. And yet having like after that had these things happen in my in my personal life that disrupted time. I'm like, what a what a naive person I was writing books about like how to sort of master your time because when things happen in your life and you and you have to like drastically shift your priorities or you have to you just have to deal with things that are where you can't control it. You can't turn the knobs. You can't optimize or like life hack your way through it. What then? How do you find like, what's the meaning of your life then? And I, anyway, this is, I'm, 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 I'm sort of, you know, maybe far afield from the question initially, but it's like, uh, how did I survive at Google? Well, at that time, I was constantly trying to question like, there's a lot of power here inside Google or in Google Ventures. There's a lot of power in these startups we're investing. There's a lot of like raw power. I could just follow the script and sort of try to work my way up the job hierarchy or whatever. And like, that's kind of what everything wants you to do. Like that's what the culture wants you to do. That's where the incentives are. That's what your peers are doing. Like everything's pushing you that way. If you want to like tell your parents that like I got a promotion or whatever, like everything is like, oh good. Like that's, everything pushes you in that way. But like there's, I mean, for me, at least there's nothing there. Like there's no, that, that wasn't interesting. What's interesting is to like, how do you like, how, I was interested in how can I sort of create agency? How can I create what I want to have happen here or try to see what I think matters? And I guess that's the essence of it is like, I could sort I only made my way through Google by coming up with what I thought mattered, try to come up with my own sort of, but I couldn't go back there now, like having gone through that and now being on my own and trying to come up with what matters to me on my own, I don't think I could go back to working for a company full-time like that. It would just be, you know, there's not enough space to question things, which I want to do. Can I just add to what Jake said, like about writing all these books about optimizing time, et cetera, and then when real shit happens, that kind of goes out the window. What I will say is this, my life has always also been um, not the easiest in the last year. Def no illnesses or no like serious illness. Actually, no, there was one serious illness, but whatever, it doesn't matter that my life has also been kind of chaotic. And what I will say is that I think living a relatively unscheduled life business-wise 
that makes you more robust for when yeah. shit hits the fan. Yeah. Because for me, it meant that I pretty much had to work 10% for the last, I don't know, 10 months because shit was just hitting the fan majorly. And it didn't, it zoomed out looking at the, the money that the company is making. It made no difference at all because my inch, like, that's what I'm trying to build is a very robust machine that doesn't require my time and attention all the time. And it also meant that like, I was just canceling so many meetings the whole time that I just decided eventually, wait a minute, I'm just not, I'm just going to tell people since I don't know how I'll feel in two days from now, I'm just not going to commit to anything until I feel like it. And just doing that for so many months in a row has made me get to the point where I'm just like, actually, I'm not, I'm just going to keep that up. It means that like my daughter, for example, uh, is sick now. She's coming here. Uh, like basically she was supposed to be in the kindergarten tomorrow, a normal thing that happens, right? When you have a kid and I have all these things on tomorrow, well, I can just cancel them and move them. And then it, it just doesn't really matter so much anymore. It's not going to destroy the business. The Black Friday sale is still going to happen. Nothing has to wait on me anymore. And yeah, I don't have any to-do lists. I don't have any systems for being productive because I do realize life is just so, there's almost just so much chaos and entropy going on that now I've designed it the way that my brain it feels robust to me the way I've designed it now. Stuff doesn't feel like it has to get canceled the whole time or moved the whole time. It's just, well, I just don't have anything in my schedule at all. But yeah, you have to build the machine then to accommodate that way of living, obviously. But thanks for sharing this. Because I think, uh, Jake, what you were talking about, like really resonates uh, kind of with me. And Arnab already, you know, quit Amazon. Last couple of years, I think it's been exactly what you both talked about, right? Like it's just so much structure and like running from thing to thing and not being able to work on uh, things that actually matter to you <laughs> that eventually I was like, okay, this is not happening. We'll have to figure out a different way. Uh, let's just leave. So, Of course, in the beginning, I also, you know, worked at corporates and all of this stuff. But it's at a certain point when it feels like you could possibly make some of this money without a corporate's help, I don't know if it's worth the comfort that you get from a corporate, like the way they own your life then it's and then they can just lay everyone off it's a weird deal somehow i i feel like it's, i always felt like unsafe when i was in that environment like i always felt like not financially secure but also i just hated doing bullshit bullshit meetings bullshit just like it felt like it's all a big theater where everything was fake and i couldn't fake i couldn't play along i couldn't just be like oh yes i'm 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 working. I'm doing my thing. Just it just drove me insane. It drove me to start the a, a business. We're in a very lucky position, and and I can say this having built up the ability to not work for someone over yes. you know, many many years, and and like having a lot of sort of lucky lucky breaks along the way. Like lots and lots of lucky breaks put me in that situation, right? But um, all that said, like from this situation, it is like, it is very, it's like, oh God, what? Uh, I think it's one of the comedians in Cars Getting Coffee where he's like talking about to a comedian how absurd it is the notion that somebody's your boss. Like, okay, so we're going to agree that like you can tell me what to do. Like, that's crazy. And it is crazy. It does seem like it's when you, once you get out of it, it seems crazy that yeah. someone would tell you what to do and you like you would do it. Even in the very like, like loosey goosey way maybe of like a you know a company like google where i felt like oh yeah like there's some really 
it's a nice culture and I always like my bosses, but like in the end of the day, it's like, I don't really, I don't know. It's just, it's, it is so weird. And of course you can there are things in life where like, as an investor, I would say like, yeah, like you, I get why you can't just have a team of, you know, two or three or four people and they are just all peers and then they can do endless amounts of stuff. Like eventually you need more people to do ambitious things. So like we, it, as humans, like we do need organizations, um, and I don't know what the answer is there, but there is this tension between like living the most sort of fulfilled life that you can. And I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's for some people like Jonathan and I are both like very, maybe like difficult to work with in different ways. And like, maybe also easy to work with in different ways, but like, maybe there's just a thing with us that just bristles at like following directions, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is kind of a, kind of a wild a wild idea once you stop being used to it. I think. Yeah, I, the, go oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, no, but I, I say that to my employees too. Like there are some people, there very often are people who work at AJ and smart where I say, look, you should actually really leave. Like yeah. your personality type is not the personality or it could be age, personality, anything like you should at least try your own thing so that you at least know if, you're going to enjoy it or not. Like I do say that to people quite often. Totally. That's a great way to look at it is like, like working for other people. You kind of think of it as like school doctors go to school for a really long time, right? Like that, you know, they go to school for a decade or something. I mean, there are people who are in school for years and years and years and years and years. They don't get done with their schooling until they're in their thirties. Well, like maybe if you, if you got on this track and you're like working in whatever kind of a company you're working for, like you could think of that as school and it might take a long time. Like for mm. me, it might take it until I was in my late thirties before I was done with that. And I was like ready, you know, and I think looking back, like maybe there's things I could have seen and done it sooner, but like you can think of it as, as school and, and a school that lasts a really long time. But I think yeah, do you, I don't know if it's true for everybody, but I think for most people, I, when, whenever people are, are at this point where they're thinking of leaving their job and they're wondering what to do next, I always tell them like, could you do something on your own first before you jump to that next thing? Can you be in that uncomfortable yeah. state where you don't have a next thing and you have to figure out, you have to be an entrepreneur in some way, whatever form that takes, you have to come up with something for yourself because the freedom, there's a lot of discomfort with it. And it may not work out too, which is could be really disappointing and stuff, but like the feeling of freedom and agency is really priceless. And, and, and I think for me, like was very hard to give up once I experienced it. My nightmare would be having to have a job again. I, I, I think I actually have nightmares about it. <laughs> I, I think not everybody is like that, but there is a yeah. lot of people who are like that. And I think we are seeing, at least during the COVID period, and now especially last three, four years, the indie hacking community and all that. And I, I've been like personally inspired by all that, right? Like just figuring out where the safety nets are, what would happen if you were to like not work for two years, go do something else. Uh, what are those things you want to work on? And what is your backup plan? And you're seeing a lot of people now getting into that, which is part of also this, this podcast is like, we're seeing an explosion of podcasters. Right. And we want to inspire like more and more people to jump in. If you feel like you're not confident, still, how do you start a podcast? Why do you want to do it? Don't start one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the thing is, sometimes I post this stuff and people are like, well, easy for you to say because you're this, 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 this. 
And the truth is not everyone should be an entrepreneur. That's true. It's great that there are companies because that also offers some, uh, it means you're not having to put as much risk into a system to get job security and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just hate working for people. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So uh, <laughs> this is a good segue. <laughs> in the very first episode and also in many of the subsequent ones, you talked about the power of moments, the book and also the concept and how it's very important in service design and also in product design. Can you give a brief overview of that concept and also name what are those moments for your podcast? The song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great, it's a great book. Uh, you should totally check it out. It's yeah. by Chip and Dan Heath, um, who wrote like Made to Stick and Decisive and Switch, a bunch of other great books. And Power Moments is kind of about this notion that people don't really remember things as one long continuous story. They tend to remember key moments. And then we like, you know, so if you're, if you're, whatever you're doing, if it's a business or you're building a product or whatever, um, if you think of things in that way, like it's a really valuable way you think about what are going to be the great moments here? And, um, and then those will be the things people remember and great moments can outweigh like, like lousy experiences too, like the you know, parts that are, that are tough. And so it's, I think that's, that's like a really, it's been like a, one of those like light bulb things. I'm reading that and being like, oh, wow, this is a really, this is a really cool concept. And it, it syncs up with a lot of what I've done with design sprints where I'm, I'm, I always want to figure out on the map, like what's the one, what's the one moment where we're going to build the prototype, you know, what's the crucial moment and so I just kind of like, yeah, it just kind of lit up this whole way of, of thinking for me. So I don't know, John, what do you think on the podcast? What were the, what were the, the great, like, I don't know that we actually intentionally applied anything to any thinking to the podcast. So I can't say that we consciously created any, but I, the power of moments, I think you can really simplify it down to starting strong with some, like having a very strong, uh -huh. strong start, a very strong ending and some peak moment in the middle, because in that book, they tell you people basically remember the start, the finish and one peak moment. And so one of the examples in the book is that, you know, if someone goes to Disneyland and you ask them every hour, how would they rate their current experience out of 10? Sometimes they're going to be standing in line and it's a six out of 10. Sometimes they're going to be just after getting off an amazing uh, roller coaster and it's a 10. Sometimes maybe, I don't know, they went into a toilet and it was covered in diarrhea and it's a zero, whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> they're not rating it based on the average of all of these scores and, and all of these moments. They're, they're actually just rating it based on how did it feel when we walked in? What were, what were one or two really memorable things and how, how did it feel when we left? And that's going to be the rating. So we use this when we're running workshops or like if I'm doing a retreat or anything like that, just, you know, the very first impression, the very last impression, they're super important. But in the podcast, we would start every episode with me and Jake singing the song really badly because we couldn't hear the song while we were singing it. So it was never in sync and never in any way uh, good. And um, we also ended it with singing the song again. And so I do think that was a very powerful moment for people listening to the podcast. 
there was all, always some fart noises in there as well, which are very important. Yeah. Uh, very like we would talk about them for hours. What was the perfect fart noise? <laughs> and um, no, but the, I think the power of moments in the podcast were the songs in the beginning and the end. Actually, I was just showing to my wife. Uh, like before I went, I went, you know, to my closet to, to do this interview. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, back to the closet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like these guys, they, they make this song, you know, it's like so funny. So I, I turned the song on for her in one of the episodes. And actually, surprisingly, it actually was the episode where it was just Jonathan. And you, you sing, it's like, like, where is Jake? Oh, no, I think it was actually just Jake. And you sing like, where is Jonathan? Where is Jonathan? Where the heck is Jonathan? <laughs> so it's just actually you singing by yourself. Um, and she like looks so at me sad. and she's like, What's so funny about that? <laughs> but, but like, I, like, I enjoy it so much because it's just... Because it's I like think so a lot weird. of the jokes in the podcast, <laughs> they get funnier over time. I'll attest to that, right? So Ilya introduced me to the podcast maybe six months back or so. And the first few times I listened to it, I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I'm being totally honest with you, right? But then I think once I sort of figured out what your personalities are, from the start to the end of every episode, it's like totally authentic. And the second one is you don't know exactly what is going to be discussed, but there are so many key things that you come out of it at the end of it. That was like, Amazing. And I don't think this is a model that anybody could have for a podcast. <laughs> like no structure, just like figure out what you're going to talk about during the show. But you guys definitely had some sort of a magic. Uh, maybe it was just the chemistry between the two of you. Uh, but yeah, I'm just curious, was there any intentionality to this uh, sort of rambling? Like It was all on the fly. I mean, there was also, for example, the fact that we would ask the editor to leave in the parts where we talk to him. This <laughs> yeah. was an intentional, but, but the actual moment that this was decided, you hear it being mentioned in the podcast. It's like, Oh, Jason, can you change this? And then Jake is like, should we do, leave that in? Yes, let's leave that in. <laughs> Jason's now part of Jason being talked to is now part of the podcast. So yeah, like I, I think that it was whatever we thought was entertaining was going to stay in. It's actually Jace or Jason, because I think he, there was something weird about it, like in the last episode. Oh, yeah. God, good one. Yeah. No one will ever know. <laughs> his name, yeah, his name's actually Jace. <laughs> <laughs> his name's like Brian or something. <laughs> We're just so ignorant. Uh, actually, I'm curious how you did production uh, and editing. So you had this guy... Jason or Jason who did the editing. So like what, Brian. Was your, what, actually, what was your process? So like you get together, you record, like what happens afterwards? No schedule, remember. Right, it was, no schedule. It was really automated. Like you randomly get on the call together. <laughs> no, you would, happens? John, you'd put the, we'd put the files in a Dropbox folder and then Jason would just like. Jason would just take them and he'd upload it and schedule it. Yeah. Not even that. So I, I hated the process of uploading the files to Dropbox. <laughs> And so when I would save in Adobe Audition, it would automatically go to the Dropbox folder that Jace had access to. Yeah, Jonathan gave me bothered to like drag and drop an icon across. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I hate doing stuff. <laughs> I want things to be self-contained. I want like when I'm doing a YouTube video, I want to say my thing, press a button and then not say my thing anymore and walk off and go to the toilet. 
<laughs> I think that the one of the things that worked, you know, to the extent that the podcast worked well, and like the thing that you guys are describing that you liked about it, and I think what people uh, who liked it enjoyed is maybe came from like, I don't know, in the beginning when we started, John may have all along realized that it could be great being kind of unscripted and like as like we don't care as possible but like at the beginning i thought like well, this would be like a podcast like this would be like i've listened to podcasts there's a there's like a, a way that you know there's some different formats for podcasts but there's some expectation of like there's some kind of structure and people are using like a voice because they're presenting something that they kind of have thought about or prepared for and like even the ones that are more conversational, there's there's some kind of structure that it hangs on, you know. And I think what was the, like when you do that, when you start off and you think like oh, I'm doing a podcast now, you're like you you know you're you're like oh my god, like I'm in this role, I have to I'm doing a podcast, like I really have to, I, I really better like think about my voice and like choose my words carefully and like think about the for what's the format and like even as I'm doing the introduction, like what are the what what are the things I need to be sure to say? And like, how do I introduce myself? And how do I, you know, there's so much to kind of think about there. And I don't remember if we started off doing that actually, but I thought we would do that in the beginning. And then at some point, like it became clear, like, ah, we're just, we that's not, that's not happening. Like that's, it's not going to be that. Like it's, you know, we're just sort of screwing around. And the more I think we just stopped caring about people listening to it, and we're just, yeah. you know, John used to always say like, look, this is selfish. This is just for us. Like, we don't care. Like, we don't, we don't care what you think. Like, like we didn't. Let's, 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 let's just bore the audience to death. It's just going to be, what's a fun conversation for John and I to have. The, the more we got to that and stopped thinking about creating a podcast, I think the, be the better it worked. <laughs> but, um, but it's not, it's easier said than done to actually, I find like in writing, the hardest thing is to write and say what you want to say, but make it sound like you're just talking, not like you're, mm. writing, not like you're, you know, crafting something. It's really hard to do that. Um, yeah. I don't think it was so hard with the podcast because we really just were like, let go. But that was maybe yeah. the hard thing was saying, gosh, I'm doing this thing and it's public, but I'm just going to let go. I just like, I don't really care. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that, and I think, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no go ahead. Uh, but I just want to say Arnav is sitting for anyone who's listening to this, because right, there's no video, both Arnav and Ilya are sitting in closets where you can see all of the clothes. And Arnav just pulled out a random piece of clothing from inside one of the sections <laughs> and he, he's now wearing it. <laughs> he's using the closet. It's not a random piece of clothing. It was purposefully placed there knowing that it's going to get cold inside the closet after a while. <laughs> we, we plan our shit, okay? <laughs> we, we planned everything down to the detail. Like 50 second minutes into the recording, I'm going to pull in this green shirt and put it on, yeah. Sure, dude. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, the thing about the po like about podcasts, I think uh, about, the, about the format and about the style of it, I really enjoy listening to like Twitch. If you think about Twitch, like the platform people, like some of the biggest channels, all they do for, for eight hours straight is they chat, they eat, they talk, they're talking to their chatters. It's very, very informal. And I listened to one podcast. Like I said, this, the giant uh, bombcast, which had this style where they would talk for three hours and I just, it, it's not even 
entertainment. It's more like comfort food. And that's actually what I, what I had as my vision for it is just to emulate that podcast, which is, it's a comfort food experience versus an actual learning experience. And I also knew people wouldn't like it. Almost everything that I make, like people, you know, some people think it's really dumb and some people really like it. But I think, you know, and, and obviously people, you know, would write to us and write in the reviews that they thought it was like, oh, you learn nothing from it. Also my own friends, also my own employees. Um, <laughs> but actually what's interesting, I don't know if this is the same for you, Jake, but like for me, when pe- when I think it's right and when I think it's some enjoyable for me, I don't personally care as long as it's not hurting anybody. I I, I didn't care at all. I was just like, I'm happy. I wanted the numbers to go up, but I didn't care what the general individual thing people were saying about it. Yeah, that's when something's working well, I do feel that way, but I am more I I am less courageous than Jonathan about starting on that journey to get there. Like it's harder for me when thinking about doing a new thing to let go of like oh, but like, how will I make it great for everybody? How will I make it something, you know, be the perfectionism. How will I make this something that universally people will will applaud? And that's paralyzing, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't do because I can't get past that stage. Like, J- Jonathan is such a, like, wonderful partner to work with stuff on because he will just start doing something. And, like, in this thing, he's just like, oh, we're just going to do it. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, you just will do it. You know, that's that's a big deal to, like start doing something. I mean, if I think if you have the combination in life of like the, the willingness and the courage to like start things that may people may hate and also the discernment to edit the things that you're doing so that you're not just doing everything, like the combination of those two things is really powerful. And I think what you said in there, there's a gem in there, which like I've heard this before in terms of blogging, but not podcasting. Maybe it applies equally is to, when you're starting out, it can be really daunting to think about all the audience and who's going to read my blog posts and what are they going to think about it. So just do it for yourself in the beginning, right? And yeah. see see what, what comes out. Uh, if you feel like, oh, this is, I'm like happy doing this and I want to continue doing this, then start, use that confidence that you have gained to actually mature the thing. No, I disagree. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> no, that's exactly right. The hard part is that there really are, when I say edit, I don't mean edit like you edit a podcast afterwards, you know, to get the right stuff. And I mean, it's like those, there are those blogs that like, like writing a blog, for example, it's a lot of work, you know, like if you, every, every post you write, you're gonna have to think about it. If you look at your days the way Jonathan and I do like one Act, one focused activity might destroy your day. If you're trying to do a big thing, like if I'm trying to write a book or something, writing a blog post is super disruptive because it might break a chain that I'm in of uh, working on something else that's big. And so all those things that we do, like they have costs. And the hard part is knowing like, where's the thing that's worth the cost to do? It's one of the appeals of podcasting is that if you like, at least for uh, the way we did podcasting, it's just, you, you know, because zero prep show up record into the recording and like yeah. if it could magically be uploaded like and, and you know be edited or like have the music in and stuff which we were able to achieve with the help of of our excellent editor but like owen that owen yeah <laughs> steve but that was like 
that is that is the appeal is like it's you know even a blog post you could you could put a lot of you could put a lot of work into writing a blog and if you're just writing it for yourself and it never takes because a lot of this a lot of blogs and podcasts and other things like they don't ultimately like deliver to, to an audience like you know an audience doesn't find them and so that's that's one one of the you know one of the dangers of them is that you just like you sink a lot of time into it. On the flip side, though, like to go back to your your sort of suggestion or your advice there, Arnab, it's like if you do it for yourself, if you if you're really getting something out of it yourself, then it doesn't matter. And one of the things that I think this is a piece of advice that maybe Jonathan picked up on Tim Ferriss, or I don't know, or maybe it's his own, but I, that I've heard from him is like these finding these activities where like you can't lose, like like no matter what happens, you'll you'll gain something from it. And you know if you if you're writing a blog. Make sure that you're going to get something out of it, even if zero people read it. Like it's going to be your journal. It's going to be a place where you think things through or you practice phrasing stuff that you're going to use in other settings or whatever. Like it's there's some purpose. It's like 100% for you. You're going to get that benefit no matter what. And then if nobody ever wants it, like you still walk away with that. Like with the podcast with me and John, it's like, well, you know, baseline, like he's a fun guy to talk to. Like if that's on my calendar in the day with the exception of, I don't like having stuff on my calendar, but like <laughs> having, but, but like getting to talk to John is a treat and I'll feel energized and like happy for the rest of my day afterwards. Cause I got to talk to him. In fact, I used to like listen to our podcast after it would come out just because I enjoyed like hearing the conversation again, you know, and like John and I are on opposite sides of the planet. So we rarely get the chance to talk. So it's like, great. I get like another conversation. I mean, that's pathetic. It's like how lonely I am. I, but like, I'll listen to it again. So like, well, I don't care like what happens. Cause that's like a fun, that's just like a fun thing I'm getting no matter what. So if you're doing one of these things, whatever it is, like you kind of have to, I think you're crazy. If you don't find a way that you're going to win, even if nobody reads it, nobody listens to it. No, you don't make any money off of it. You're going to gain some skill or do something for your head or do something for your emotion that, that you need. Yeah. I can actually, uh, it really resonates with me. Uh, many years ago, you know, I was writing a lot of music. I was doing some recordings. They were pretty, you know, unprofessional. I never really learned to sing very well, but I enjoyed it. At the same time, I was doing like a video blog for like how I was doing this. And I was so obsessed about like people watching it and very few people actually watched it. And like I would lose sleep over that. And uh, at the end of the day, I just burned out. And I didn't do music for many years after that because I just had these kind of scars from it. Uh, yeah, so the lesson I learned is like really like focus on the music, not on like how many people listen to it or, or you know watch the videos and stuff like that, because yeah, it can actually destroy the hobby. You try to do that, totally. So so coming back to the podcast, uh, we did have a bit of structure and some questions. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> and we've got like twenty minutes left. Question one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> should, we, um, should we do the intro? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Just delete everything so far. <laughs> Take two. Yeah. I'm tired. What <laughs> uh, one interesting thing that uh, that I thought, and Ilya, I think you wrote this up initially, is like you have a lot of criticism about other companies and other things in the <laughs> podcast, sometimes even sponsors, <laughs> right? And how did you like... Fuck Squarespace. <laughs> exactly. We didn't actually have any sponsors. That's the key. It makes it really easy to criticize. <laughs> did you, uh, like, did you get any repercussions out of that? Like, 
did anybody diss you for that? So can, I just, can I just add a little bit of flair? Because, yeah, because yes, I, I wrote that. Uh, because I listened to many of your episodes, and what I really liked is how you're able to, like, you know, like really criticize things without, without actually sounding sarcastic or snarky. So it's like, it's really fun to listen to you. I don't know if it's fun for like Envision or somebody else to listen to you, like when you like talk about them, but for like an outsider, you know, sometimes people criticize things that they sound, you know, bitter. And you know, you're like, why are we even talking about this? But you guys, I'm just like, I'm just like with you on the ride. And it's just so funny. So I'm, I'm curious, like if you can unpack, <laughs> oh, it's just your personality. Like, how do you make it sound so funny? I guess the thing with Envision, what they like, they had a podcast that was like actually a real podcast. I'm trying to remember. Like, we, I think we. Oh, sorry, fucking Vision, not fucking Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, well, there's both. There's really both. both I yeah. forgot who we have beef yeah. with. Yeah. Oh, both. I think it's it can be funny if you you know. Well, personally, I'm you know I'm like competitive and insecure, right? Like I'll look at the people who are doing a thing that's similar to me and having more success or, you know, and I'll, and I'll be like, I'll, I'll like it kind of the worst part of me will agonize over it. And like, you know, just get, get so frustrated and think about it. And I think it's, I don't know. I think there's like, there's humor in the, like the authentic, like angst that we have as humans. Like that's often a good source of humor is like, if you just sort of lay bare, like, like have fun with that, with that sort of emotion. So I think that was sort of the, probably the source of the Envision stuff was like, they like their podcast that started probably around the time of ours, very different. Like they were doing. No, interviews. it's because they didn't put us on their list of best design podcasts. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That's <laughs> right. These was. motherfuckers. There was like all these crappy podcasts and then they didn't put us in there. And... Not petty at all. <laughs> Where's Envision now, huh? Does anyone use Envision anymore? I think the Squarespace one was actually rooted in the UX and you both used it and you absolutely hated it and that's where most of it came from. Yeah, and we should not tell them where we work at Amazon because they would just like shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, no, I think... Uh, by the way, I think our criticism, the reason it didn't sound bitter is because we know how difficult it is to do yeah. uh, design work. And so I think actually a lot of the times on the podcast, we would criticize designers for criticizing like, oh, Apple doesn't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you have no idea what it's like to work in a company like that and how many decisions need to be made before one thing happens. And I think we came from a place of actually like understanding and empathy for the product teams working at these companies and we're also not bitter i think as well you know like i think a lot of online discourse is is bitter and hateful and weird and dark because these people have been like hurt by these companies or whatever and i think we've basically had only good experiences working at these tech companies and but we could, we still feel like it's fun to point at things we don't like, and with always with the understanding that we know how difficult it is to get things yeah. done at these companies. Right, right. It's like there are those two faces to it, and you can go. It's like you can go in and like because criticize it can be fun. Like it's it's fun and it's helpful too. It's if you're making things, looking at other 
things that other people have made and seeing like what frustrates you about them or whatever. Like there's value in that, but so often it's just one-sided. And if you have to turn and look at the other face and say like, yeah, like that, try to see it from the perspective of the inside. Like how hard is it to do those things? Now there's some places where, you know, like, like Mark Zuckerberg is like, it's very hard to like empathize with him a whole lot, you know? So like it might empathize with people who work at Facebook, but like empathizing with Mark Zuckerberg is pretty tough. Like I don't want to change spaces with him. Like it's, seems like a pretty miserable existence actually in a way, but like, I, you just don't like his haircut, I think. Yeah. That, right. But like, you know, but like by and large, in the metaverse. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, John's right. Did you ever get any, uh, you know, responses from, you know, the likes of Envision or others who be like, guys, you have like, take down that episode or something like that? No, they keep, they always, these companies, anyone from these companies, always got the joke yeah like they all everyone knew this it, it was always so obviously a very silly joke i mean the episode where we started our fake beef with envision it was so over the top stupid i went through every single podcast on their list <laughs> pretending that i thought we were number one and then we weren't number one like <laughs> we we didn't care it was just it was just a, a joke and uh There was somebody from Envision, I remember. So I have written a lot of articles for Envision, including after those podcasts. And I'm joking with the person about this. Like it's a, they know it's a joke. We know it's a joke. If they don't, well, they're idiots, you know? Where's Envision now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) There's another thing about this where it's like, hard to make something because you worry that you'll offend someone or you worry that like yes. people will get mad about it. And, and obviously that's very possible on the internet. Like people are just waiting to get offended and get upset. And like, it's really cheap to, to post your negative review or like whatever. And that stuff like really sucks. Like I've read negative reviews of my books that which like really like made me feel bad for a long time. I should have a, a thicker skin about this, but like, you know, like I don't, but at the same time, it's, it's also true that most people are really just thinking about like themselves and like their own little world and, and like yeah. don't really care that much. And so, you know, even if they do write a negative review or something, it's unless you're like really, really popular, nobody's probably going to come and like try to punch you sue you or make you take down an episode or like something like that like i think people just don't really i don't know like maybe don't really care so much uh i do think that it's there's so much attention gravitates toward people on the internet who have extreme views and are like unyielding in their like extreme view about something and it is there's like a there's like an opportunity space where you have like a a a nuanced view or like you talk about both sides of something like that's, I think that's where like actually most people are, you know, like the extreme views are interesting. They're like clickbait worthy. But if you talk about a podcast where you have more time to like listen and hear people like there's, I think people are interested in the, the nuance, the, you know, the two sides, all that stuff. I will say, by the way, I find the whole, when we were doing our podcast, it was also the time when, uh, you guys in the US, there was like the Trump stuff, there was COVID, there was all of this. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of tension in the air, I feel, around the internet in general. Everyone was yeah. quite angry. And I personally don't have thick skin. I, I like, for example, 
we've been posting YouTube videos for seven years. I don't know, a thousand years at this point every week. I don't read the comments because I just don't want to see the stupid crap that people write about like, oh, your teeth look stupid or what, you know, like this stuff just doesn't, I just, honestly, as long as I don't see it, it doesn't matter. But around this time, I was worried about what I would say on the podcast, especially around, because anything around these topics of Trump and COVID, which by the way, I just didn't really have so many opinions on anyway, because I'm not American, but just when that would come up, sometimes you would mention it, Jake, I was always thinking in the back of my head, oh no, they're like, someone's going to try to cancel us around the, or yeah. like some really angry mob is going to come after us or about the mentioning Trump or whatever. So yeah, these, I think there were topics where I would personally just never talk about anything really controversial. Um, because I see what happens when people do talk about things that could be controversial and I just stay away. I, I think in the same way that you just shouldn't talk about these topics on a night out with your friends sometimes. <laughs> I think it's right, right. it's best to keep... I would personally... I always keep controversial topics away from the content that I create. I don't see any positive. I see only negative. And I think you have to have a really strong skin to talk about that topic. It would It would be like... If I would come out with a political blog or something, I, I think this would destroy my life. Well, you also have to like, I think have to the extent, I don't really remember, but I'm sure to the extent that we talked about things that were in the news that were controversial, it, it, I can't imagine we went super deep on it. No, we didn't. Because we don't know anything. Like you know, It was just whenever you would mention the stuff, I was like, Ooh. right, right, right. It's like, yeah. It's, you know, I think that there's a, sometimes an expectation that we're all going to have an opinion about everything that's going to be valuable. And so, yes. well, you know, like we, we, we don't really know anything. Like we, <laughs> we just stick to the little stuff that's, that interests us. All topics in the world, for some reason, have to be so America focused that when we are creating content from Europe, it's like, what do you think about Trump? What do you think about this? I'm just like, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know about any <laughs> stupid senators you have. I don't know any of their names. I don't know what they do fuck off stop asking me these questions and it is this extreme over-the-top america politics centric thing that also drives me crazy like american politics is this like reality tv show that everyone else in the rest of the world we are apparently supposed to be watching and if we don't watch we're bad people well that's why we did that 10 episode merkel fest right <laughs> like the merkel fest the was merc a big dog <laughs> that was a big hit <laughs> So what you're yeah. saying is only discuss these topics uh, over your Thanksgiving dinners in America. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's another. Yeah, look, we don't even have Thanksgiving. I didn't even know it was Thanksgiving. The only reason I found out it was Thanksgiving is that I saw a post from my company saying <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to our American clients. And I was like, oh. Happy thanks, happy Thanksgiving, I guess. Listen to how bitter he is about America. <laughs> yeah, you big, guys. There's a big chip on his shoulder about America. Ireland you know? is coming back, baby. Ireland is going to be the central cultural reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also curious uh, to talk more about the um, the that chemistry that you guys have. So when Jonathan was out touring Germany in his uh, van, there were I think six episodes or, or something with Jake and uh, Jake's co-author oh, yeah. uh, John. Oh, sorry, I forgot his last name. Zeratsky. John Zeratsky. Yeah. So uh, I listened to one of those and uh, it does change the dynamic of the of the conversation because I think Jonathan sets a lot of tone in how the conversation is like. Uh, it's still enjoyable to listen, but it feels like a different podcast. 
So I'm, I'm curious um, how you guys made this decision to actually run with something rather than have a gap. And what uh, did you think about the end result? I'm also curious what was Jonathan's reaction to coming back and listening to all those. We, I was on vacation. I was doing like a camper van Yeah, thing. I remember that. I remember, and I remember doing the episodes with John, but I don't remember like the strategy for do episodes versus don't do episodes. I think we just had like a rule that we would never skip a week. Yeah, um, yeah, Because yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. good practice to have in content. Right. Like also when you guys said that you're doing a bi-weekly podcast, I don't think that's a good idea. We should do weekly? Yeah, because people need to have this rhythm. Yeah. Like it's it's much easier if people know, oh yeah, like every week I listen to this I thing every this, week. Yeah, it just yeah. becomes part of their rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were, yeah, we, so we wanted to keep the rhythm up and since John was going to be away, the choices would have been, I'm kind of trying to reconstruct like the logic, but the choices would have been do rerun episodes or do episodes by myself or have guests or find somebody to be the temporary co-host. And like reruns, it's a lot of reruns. Like six is kind of getting to be a lot because we didn't have that many episodes and we already did reruns sometimes. That's episode so, 200, baby. <laughs> and then uh, what was the other one? Well, do, like do it by myself is really hard. Doing a podcast by myself is like, I've done that a couple times where I'm recording on and I just, I, you know, I just can't maintain that for, for very long. Finding guests is, that's a lot of work. You guys know, like you try to schedule us, super annoying. And you're sort of expected to like be ready to interview them and, you know, like maybe do some research. That's very anti the whole shtick. So John is a really good friend of mine. We've worked together forever. Very easy for us to like have a conversation and not really have it be super scripted. John, John, this is the other John, John Zaratsky. So that's probably why, you know, that would have a better looking John sense. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Super handsome John. With better teeth. Yeah. His teeth, well, mine are combined. I just need like six more months on these babies. And then John Zaratsky is going to have to take a step back. So that would have been the logic. And then, yeah, like it's, I mean, I think that the, there's something very special about Jonathan Courtney. That is that is the very hard to replicate ingredient of our podcast. Um, I would. I mean, you as well. I think both of us are. It's hard to replicate a human. I think is the idea. Yeah, it's true. But but like, but right. I'm, I'm certainly. I'm a unique snowflake and everything. But like, if you there's. I've seen John. I'm talking Jonathan Courtney interact with a lot of different people with like his friends, and it's always there's always chemistry. I don't I don't ever see him talking to somebody where there's like not chemistry and it's not funny and and like enjoyable to watch. So I was just like lucky to be a, like along for the ride because he's gonna make anything like fun and like he's gonna make you crack up and like he's I don't know he like sets you up so that I feel like you you're gonna look pretty good. Like if you can get an an interview or in a podcast with John, like you should do it. And so, like, since we stopped doing it, like, I've thought, I'm, like, interested in doing another podcast, but then I'm always like, well, do I, you know, would I want to do interviews with people? And then there's that same issue of, like, you have to schedule it, you have to, you know, you have to prep it. Like, would John Zaratsky and I like doing one? Like, yeah, we could, but, like, it's, you know, we we would probably want to do it in just kind of a different way. And to get that kind of, like, just that random like rambly fun vibe like it's only it's only jonathan so there yeah there's 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 definitely something special there that that uh is not is not run-of-the-mill and when i've tried to think like who do i know you know since jonathan is you, you know he's 
He doesn't want to schedule anything. If I can't do it with Jonathan, who could I do it with? And there's really like, there's nobody like that. I don't know anybody else who's like that. I appreciate that, man. That's very nice of you to say. I feel the same. It's not a compliment. It's not a compliment. I mean, it's, it's an absolute compliment about my teeth. So we are almost at time. Maybe almost last question. <laughs> Is season two coming or you guys are done with, with the podcast? I did make a graphic for season two and I almost, we all, we, we recorded one episode of <laughs> yeah. season two last December and then my personal life shit hit the fan and I was like, I probably can't do this right now. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I just don't know. Like, I'd, I think it would be really fun to do it. I think probably both of our lives have to calm down somewhat on the personal lives, I would say. Uh, mine for sure and uh, maybe yours too but who knows I don't know yeah I mean I'm probably getting I'm getting close to on top of things John so you know when when you feel ready we can we can revisit we can revisit it I still don't have curtains look but I do have a kitchen now you have lovely windows and I like how the the wall is kind of rounded it's by the curved that's, yeah that's really we don't do that in America we might have Thanksgiving <laughs> and we might have senators, but we don't have we don't have the technology to round walls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. look at Arnab and Ilya in these closets. These are square walls, you know. It's the <laughs> I'm in Canada, but yeah, it's this is my closet, by the way. This is a German closet right now. Like I don't know why your closets are so small. We have full kitchens in our full closets and balconies. <laughs> yeah, this is my closet. Cool. So, uh, would you guys be up for? singing a song to finish this off we sing will we sing the um the theme song yeah we ha only if you guys sing it with us yeah yeah, yeah we'll sure. try <laughs> are we doing uh jake and jonathan or product breakfast club we'll find out we'll find out <laughs> Can we do jake and jonathan on metacast <laughs> let's do jake and jonathan i think it's more recent yeah okay hey right. right. well i counted and... in i'll say like one two three four and then you know okay Okay. Yeah. Very prepared. One, two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've been preparing for this all day. One, <laughs> two, three, four. Jake and Jonathan. 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 Oh yeah. Jake and Jonathan. I couldn't hear any of that what other people were singing, so it actually sounded fun. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I think that was beautiful. I'm curious, Ilya, what the tra transcribe of that is going to come out as. <laughs> no, I think I'll just not transcribe this part to save money on the script. So. <laughs> <laughs> the script is just like killing. So yeah, you know, no. you know, we, we always have Andrew Mason on our show, who is the founder of Groupon and Descript. So um, yeah, so we have so we have to mention Descript in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, really? Please yeah. don't diss on them. <laughs> I heard the script uh, was kind of shitty. I I, no idea. <laughs> I heard they released their a podcast, the best podcast list recently. Let's read it. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to counter this because we do want Andrew Mason on the show, right? So uh, all good, all good. I no, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> No, actually, it saved me a lot of time because my previous podcast was in Russian. This script doesn't support Russian. So I was editing everything oh. manually in just like the audio editor where you can't see the text. So this script saves a lot of time. I, I really did hear it's shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> so he will have to come and, and, and uh, you know, provide counterpoints to yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Andrew, Andrew Jason? Is his Andrew name? Mason. What? 
Yeah, Andrew Jason. Andrew Brian. Sounds like right. <laughs> Brian like, Owen. Sounds like a bad man. <laughs> oh, man. Honestly, you can cut all this out. I'm just kidding. Okay. Andrew, I'm coming for you, man. To close it, just uh, do you guys listen to any podcast right now or books? Anything you want to recommend? Yeah. Yeah. You go first. Um, I've I've really been enjoying uh, my favorite murder. It is. It has a bit of uh, the rambly vibe. Talking to the editor, the editor Steve is kind oh, of like the character on the show. That's a good. That's a good one. And uh, my brother, my brother and me. I usually don't listen to the whole episode, but the first like fifteen to twenty minutes, they have like some good ramble, jokey. It's kind of. It's like. It's like a little bit of the Jake and Jonathan vibe. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna open my podcast app. See what else I'm listening. What, what about you, John? Um, I listen to, I don't know if it's like controversial, but I listen to the all in podcast. It's like a four tech VC guys talking every week about the state of tech and the state of the economy and politics and stuff. And it's, it's quite entertaining. Also listen to the Jeff Gersman show, which is the guy who used to run the giant bomb cast. He started his own podcast, which is really nice. And yeah, I listen to other shows that I'm that are maybe like too offensive to admit to people out loud. <laughs> What's offensive about All In? I mean, I haven't listened to it. I'm now I'm thinking, you know, I'm in venture capital. Maybe I should listen to this. I don't think it's offensive at all. They're just like very hard nosed and like they have like big. I, I don't consider it to be. I don't think it's offensive actually. I like it. It's entertaining. It has a uh, Jason. Kalkanis on it. Kalakanis, I don't even know how to say his name, even though he's a very famous investor, but it's not something I've had to verbally say before. But did you see the t- the the like text exchange between him and Elon Musk about they both look so stupid about Twitter? I don't think I saw it. <laughs> you should t- you should look. Everybody in in the text exchanges with Elon Musk, it's just like, oh really? That's what those, you know, that that echelon. That's what they sound like when they're talking to each other. They're just like kissing each other's asses and they sound like idiots. Is that on Twitter? Uh, it's it's too bad. You can find, it's not on, I don't know, if you search for uh, Elon Musk's text messages. They had to be disclosed, I think, or they leaked for some, uh, one of the Twitter lawsuits. But um, another good one, good good podcast is the uh, Adam Buxton show. That's one that John oh, turned me on to. And he actually has these like really well done funny songs and uh they're so good that was an inspiration for us singing that is a i mean that is an inspiration i think just for like generally like that's a great podcast format if i ever do a podcast that's like interviews with people i would try to model it after that only i don't know how to do the music so i wouldn't have that but like he has this he like takes a walk with his dog in the beginning and he's he's oh i love it like he he reads a little bit about what the episode's going to be about, and then he's just kind of like rambling about what's going on, and like you can hear his feet like stomping in the gravel, and then and then he goes to the to the interview, and there's these songs like every so often it'll be like interjected with a song that's unrelated. It's just like he makes these little songs. Oh, and the Christmas special. If you if you try the Adam Buxton podcast, you have to start yeah. with an Adam and Joe Christmas uh, special. Because him so and his good. friend, he used to do this podcast or this show with this guy Joe, who's now like a, he's like a movie director or something, and um, and they do a Christmas special every year, and they're really good. They eat, they like make songs for each other, and it's great stuff. That's cool. We'll have all of those in the show notes. We'll schedule some time for that in our calendars. 
<laughs> yeah, don't schedule time in your calendar. You've learned nothing. Ilya, come on. I've been reading the book Sprint and Make Time. Oh, yeah, those are great. Actually, are actually great. You know, no joke, but I have them downloaded in my phone. But I haven't started listening to them yet because I just couldn't stop Which listening books? to Jake and Jonathan. <laughs> oh, you did. You just need to buy them. You don't need to read them. I got them from library. So. <laughs> Uh, oh, libraries doing are the a disservice. No, libraries, libraries are the worst. It's like robbery. libraries don't keep Jake's gold helmets and the objects yeah. that he buys. Uh, What's my colors? gold helmet. Who's gonna pay for that gold helmet? A library? No, forget about it. Gotta... Well, I tried to make up. I bought the Sprint both on Audible and a co- copy of it. So okay. That's yeah, good. That's helping my enough. way. It's better, but it's not it's enough. Be- yeah. It's... <laughs> I hope you got the hardcover. <laughs> you need to buy it on Audible and on Kindle and hardcover, and you need to... Hard, soft, and medium covers. And burn down a library. I, I am That's curious the... if you have a couple of minutes, though. So this is something Ilya and I have talked about. I typically am so such an audio, like I listen to podcasts and Audible and all that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I almost always start with a Audible version of a book. And then when I find it, okay, this there's a lot of interesting things in there. I want to scribble and I want to make notes out of it and all that. That's when I buy a paper copy of it. Interesting. I can't stand Audible versions of things. And like, all respect though to you, and I'm like, my my wife is like very into Audible. And like, this is a debate we have. I'm like, I can't like. It's so to me. It's just like so slow. Like I like I want to skim, especially if it's a nonfiction book. I want to skim it to see if there's going to be anything good. And so I like download the Kindle sample, you know, and like skim it. Or I'll wait until it's been recommended a bunch of times, like it's been recommended by John. But I think it might come down to like, I'm not a very good auditory right. like learner. Like it just, you know, mm. the stuff, it's just like, I'm just like, oh, words, words, words. This is a conversation. If it's people talking on a podcast, and maybe that's like, I also, that's the kind of podcast I tend to like the best. It's people talking. It's just like, okay, well, this is. This my brain can handle, but like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So for me, I'm the opposite. I would go like Kindle to the maybe like, okay, I'm, I'm Kindle sample. It's like, okay, maybe I'm going to read this. And I would only listen to the audio version if it's like a kid's book, I guess, or something I'd listen to with my kids. You know, I guess, you know, I started switching back from audio into reading more recently. But who I really like listening to is Neil Gaiman because he reads his own books, and he's just oh, such cool. a great storyteller. And uh, I, I never speed him up. Yes, it's slow, but it's like the author with his you know nice, gentle British voice reading these you know horror yeah, stories yeah. that he writes. It's so good. Reading Sprint. Yeah, reading Sprint. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get him reading Sprint. Yeah. <laughs> now use two sticky dots. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, so I know we're we over time uh, in our calendars <laughs> with our schedules. Uh, so thank you very much for taking this time with us. I really appreciate it from you know from the bottom of my heart because like when when Jake responded and like Jonathan is also in, I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool because you know I just love your podcast so much and um, yeah. So I think it's been great. This will come out. <laughs> it depends on whether whether we decide to switch to weekly now after Jonathan's uh, advice. <laughs> but probably sometime in February, uh, after we start releasing all of the episodes. So we'll need to schedule like weekly. Yeah. You know, the other benefit to weekly is, I mean, you guys, I don't know, do you plan to have guests every time or is that going to be Maybe we'll just time? Maybe we'll just ramble every other time. <laughs> ramble every other time. Because, you know, I think you'll just get better and better at the podcast too. You get in more reps. Yeah. And nobody's, the nice thing is in the beginning, nobody's listening. Like, no offense, but like, right, like you start off and like, 
all you don't have that many listeners yet. And maybe people will come back later. But usually when people come in, they don't go back from the beginning. It's so hard in the app. You got to like scroll down. Like when I've listened to everything on a podcast, I'm so mad. I have to scroll back. So people would just be listening to the new stuff. So yeah, just just ramble. Just record you guys like talking about the next guest or whatever, you know, talk about what idiots we were. And then, yeah. Meta, meta cast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. I and do I, think you got to be careful with that metacast. Meta, <laughs> yes. Because now they've ruined that word. I used to love that word. Now it's like. Yeah, true. It's kind of like metaverse, but also meta the company. Yeah. yeah. It's meta everything yeah. now. You should probably call it like Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan would be a good name. <laughs> Wasn't it like Meta Mates uh, something, something, something recently? I kind of remember uh, Zuckerberg saying something like Metaverse, Meta Mates, and something. So anyway. <laughs> Meta Mates, yeah. the Meta Mating Project. <laughs> That's what you should call this podcast. <laughs> I think you should call it the Podcast Podcast. If it's oh, yeah. Um, you know what's usually good at the end of the podcast is if you ask us where, where should people find us on the end and, and what would we like to sell oh yes before that <laughs> I, I would say i would say one thing is i was super excited going into the podcast knowing like your style <laughs> of rambling yeah and right. I, you don't and have I, to prepare <laughs> and i come out of it like yeah, like this made my day right <laughs> like, oh, this was awesome fun that. yeah <laughs> all right so yeah where can people find you are you still on twitter uh <laughs> yeah jkick <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a Twitter account, but I don't really, you're not going to get much there. You should, uh, if you want to find me, you should go to jakenap.com or thesprintbook.com and uh, sign up for the newsletter. That's a good, that's a good way to And buy his books. To get don't get them from the library. And buy books. Don't get them from the library. <laughs> and get Audible and hardcover, both. <laughs> yeah. Do you get kickbacks from the Audible copies as well, Jake? Yeah, you get royalties for everything eventually, nice. but you have to pay off the advance first, so probably not. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, you can... Actually, I don't have a website, and I don't use Instagram anymore, so I don't really have like a social media central point. But What, what you about your physical is... address? Would you give out your physical address? Yeah, come to... Uh... <laughs> no, actually, you said that you like getting text messages, so just your phone number would yeah, be good. Yeah, sure, I'll give you my number. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, you can go to facilitator.com. That's going to be a place where you can see what we're selling. What I'm currently selling will always be at facilitator.com. And you can also... My Substack, the unscheduledceo.com. Maybe that's what it's called by the time. Right now, it's called howtobusiness.substack.com. So that's like something you can find. But I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on anything actually. Yeah, we'll get those links in the show notes. So I'm curious, the domain facilitator.com, how many millions of dollars did you pay for it? It, it was very expensive. <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I bought it two years ago and I negotiated with the guy for like three months and eventually he gave it to me for a good price. And right now it's just a redirect but you're planning to like set up something in there? No, I just buy really nice domain names to use them as redirects. It is literally just a redirect. So it will just redirect to whatever the current thing I'm selling is, which right. is Jake's book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Jake, it was really cool catching up, man. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Right, now, yeah. you. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye, bye guys. Bye. <laughs> All right, bye. 
we did it again. I forgot to tell you where to find us. You can find Metacast, podcast about podcasting, on any platform where you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, or any other rating, which hopefully is five stars. Yeah, and you will hear from us next week.